Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It is Sunday morning in the Word of God. Amen. And we are studying the Word of God systematically. And we're going to conclude our study on um, empowering the warrior spirit. All right. And so um, I've been in prayer about how I'm going to go about this. I, I believe I have my answer. And so let's pray, get right into the lesson. The Lord had me do something unique last week, and I think I'm going to do something again this week. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. Knowing that this is the day that you have made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you for that opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I may manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, and everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. We're, we're talking on empowering the warrior spirit. And uh, this is our third lesson, and we did a little review on embedding ourselves in what the finished work of Christ. And I've been thinking about this um, for a time. You know, we've, we've done about four months on on the overcoming way, and the overcoming way is an end-time message. You know, we're um, anticipating a lot of signs. Of course, you know, last week I dealt with um, people believing that the world was coming to an end and um, uh, various concepts of eschatology, um, misconstrued in the name of the Lord. But we have to be empowered. And um, remember, in a few lessons back, I said that you have to embrace the school of power. And I gave you scriptures, and I want to go over them real quickly. And... um, Let's review that. Let's pick up there. Of course, you know that in the overcoming way, we are discussing how to affirm our pursuit of knowing God more intimately that we can serve him more faithfully, awakening core values that establishes our convictions of the advantages that we have as a result of establishing God's word as final authority in our lives when we answer systematically the value of having these concepts when the need to overcome arises for advancement in life. We showed you that the word overcome is used um, in the New Testament um, uh, 30 times, eight um, in the Old Testament, 22 in the New Testament, 
And most of them, uh, most of the word is used in Revelation. That's why we know it's the end time Revelation. And then in First John five, um, in the book of First John, it is used five times. Of course, you know, overcoming in this concept is developing a discipline that involves reflecting on faith and belief in light of the Christian advantage. And it's important of establishing our convictions, commitments, and character around those discovered reflections. So we've looked at it theologically, and we came to the conclusion that the way we know that we are experiencing these overcoming um, this overcoming factor and this overcoming revelation as a way for us is to over, um, by overcoming sin, overcoming the world, and then overcoming by faith. Now, this particular lesson, empowering the warrior spirit, kind of um, uh, engages the world of faith because what we're saying is after you get the ideas around that you've had an encounter with the supernatural and you've equipped that encounter with, the, with engaging into the uh, rewards of your salvation, there comes a point where you, you, you um, have to do something with what you have. And you cannot intellectually uh, embrace the concepts around overcoming without experiencing it. And one of my concerns for the body of Christ is that we have so we have coined so many terms and phrases around um, around overcoming that even overcoming is now an ideology versus the way that God has provided as an escape for the believers to advance over the world. And so if the overcoming that we have discovered in our experiencing the Lord Jesus as personal Savior and then looking at the aspects of the great salvation that we have when we're connected to him, if it doesn't embedder, if it doesn't empower us, um, then, then really we are just building an ideology and an appreciation versus an experience that yields manifestations and proof that validates that we are truly identified with Christ. So this teaching um, is really an end-time message, you know, because we, we, want, we want Jesus, you know, someone was, um, and I've done a lot of teaching on um, end times in, in in light of the revelation of experiencing the finished work. When I say to you, you have to have faith in the finished work, what I'm saying is that there should be a point in your relationship with the Lord Jesus that everything that you believe and everything that you experience um, uh, produces fruit. The scripture says, or produces results. We say fruit because we, we look in Galatians where the fruit of the spirit, but that's actually a, a result or of the spirit being activated in your life, all right? So embracing the school, school of power, let's go in the word. Tell with me to, um, tell with me to First Corinthians 4, verse 20. And I've given these scriptures before, but it's good every once in a while to go through them again. Amen. Get your tablets out if you're smart. <laughs> and, you know, use and take advantage of modern technology because it really speeds up a lot of the study. I- I'll say this, too. 
I tell, I've told people on the broadcast, and thank you for listening to the broadcast, because we know that the Lord's hand is upon it and that the word of God is going out um, and people are getting blessed. But I want you to understand something. If you take the time to invest into taking notes from this subject, you'll find that you'll have, after a month, you'll have a library of information that you can use at will. So when somebody's asking you a question, about belief and things, you'll be able to answer them with with scriptures and with cited sources that you can reference. When I say the school of power, what do I mean? And you can say, well, here are the five scriptures that he gave me. <laughs> you know, First uh, Corinthians four twenty, Matthew twenty two, Luke nine, Ephesians one, Colossians one. See, see, I I don't want it to become uh, a religious exercise. I want it to be experience. So so I'm giving you the study of experience to help translate the truth that we all need to know. Amen. So um so I wanted to encourage you, get a notebook if you don't have one. Follow along. You'll be amazed. And because it's documented, you can go back. Each lesson is systematic. I can keep tell you exactly what I've done with the teachings. Um um, that has been presented to us because it's documented, it's recorded, it's archived, and everything. So I want you to, to uh, do the same. Amen? Now, in First Corinthians chapter 14, well, I'm chapter 4, rather, verse 20, we see a powerful statement. Very short, but it's powerful. Now, it's important that you understand um, I'm, 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 I'm connecting knowledge, which is getting information that we've talked before and kind of bringing it to light for the sake of emphasis for the points that will be presented today. So what I want to present is this verse, and I want to start um, at verse 16. Wherefore, I beseech you be you followers of me, and this is Paul speaking to the church of Korea, um, for for this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring unto you remembrance of my ways which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Now, some are puffed up as though I would not come to you, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them which are put but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in words, but it's in power. Okay, and I told you that in basically, what shall we say then? Shall I come unto you with a rod or in the or in love and in the spirit of meekness? Now, go to Matthew chapter twenty two. Matthew chapter twenty two. And let's look at verse twenty nine. Amen. Jesus answered them and said, You do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection there is neither marrying nor even given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read of these things which are spoken by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? God is not a God of the dead, but of the living. 
course, you know, that lets us know. But I wanted to bring into judgment the people were questioning Jesus um, back in verse uh, 24. It says, if a man die having no children, his mother shall marry his wife and raise up a seed unto his brothers. Now, where um, there was with us, if someone died in heaven, you know, the question was, if a woman um, has a husband, he died. They marry her bro- his brother, and they have children. And and then the brother dies when she goes to heaven and die. Who who would be her husband? You know. And so he answers that he answers that the knowledge of the scriptures and the power of God they're not acquainted with because then the Holy Spirit will be able to reveal unto them what what takes place that there is no marriage in heaven. Okay. So um, but what it lets us know is that. The kingdom of God is not in word but in power, and people err because they don't know the scripture or the power of God. They don't know how the power of God operates. Why? Because you got to be in, you got to embrace the of power. See, it's the power of God that transforms our lives, that equips us with the proof that we need to to have the advantage in life. It's God's power, and you can't fake God's power. Which, which I want to put in a plug in, and I know the state the teaching, but in on October 17th, we're going to have a supernatural summit, and I want the people of God that want to experience the power of God to come. You're going to be hearing several commercials about that in the coming days, but please um, join us for one day of intense power. As a matter of fact, we're going to have um, um, uh it's going to be a Saturday in the Word, amen, and hopefully I'll be able to broadcast that live. Um, but it, even if I can't broadcast that live, it will be recorded. We're going to have the Supernatural Summer, and it's going to be an awesome experience, amen? So then let's go to Luke 9-1. Luke 9-1. So we got a lot to cover. Luke 9-1. Sometimes when you're giving so much information, it's good to go back every once in a while and just affirm some of the things that you've taught and how it relates because we're going to talk about the armor of God in one second. Amen. Um, I said Luke 9 1, right? Okay. Let's look at verse 1. All right. Technology. I can use my old school. Praise the Lord. Oh, it's not like a good old Bible. I was using the computer, and the computer jumps on the tablet, and the tablet jumps screens on me, so I'm going to go here. <laughs> um, but it says, Then he called the twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all the devils and to cure disease and sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. All right? So now we know Christ gives the, his disciples power. We see that also in Luke 10, 19, Ephesians 3, 20. We have power over the devils, okay? And then we have a power over warfare, okay? And, of course, you know, we're in Ephesians 6 as a theme for this for this, this series. But here I wanted to give us, let's go to Ephesians 1, 19, Okay. The Church of Ephesus gives a lot of information to our belief. But in verse 9, it says, and, with, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him on his own right hand in heavenly places, 
above of all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come, putting all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, right? And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where he in times past, chapter 2, according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the end, that is now working in the spirit, uh, now, that is now working in the children of disobedience, to whom ye also in your conversations that for that is the manner of life in times past, and in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as um, even as others. But God, who is rich in his mercy, and his great love, wherein he had loved us, even when we were dead in your sins, have quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. So this is a power thing. Now let's go to one more scripture, um, Colossians chapter 1. We've learned that the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. The people err because they don't know the scripture nor the power of God. So uh, learning the scripture and learning the power of God will prevent you from error, right? And then not only that, we understand Christ, which is not Jesus' last name, but the power he possessed to be who he is. Well, the essence of what he exists, which was the Holy Spirit, um, is the one that gave his disciples power, and he gave them specifically power over the devil and to cure and heal diseases, amen? And he's still doing that today. Now, and then in Ephesians 1, he's given us power over the devil, and, and, it's, and we've learned that that's what awakens that reality of grace because we are saved. Now, in the, in the church of Colossae, there's another insight that we have on power, and that's power over warfare. So let's go to Colossae. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1 and, and read there. All right. And I do this because I want you to know. I want you to know what the scripture says. Because people are people are taking what they think the scripture says over what they and they and they quote it as if it's the scripture when it's really their belief. And your belief can be wrong. So you have to consider how you've been taught. <laughs> you know. Uh, especially when it comes to warfare and, and engaging the war. But see if you're not a warrior, then when we talk about warfare you're not going to know what to do. If you resort when things are combated at you from a natural perspective, then you're, you're missing out on what's the spirit, okay? Now, in Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 uh, through 18, give thanks unto the Father which has made us sleep, partakers of the inheritance of the saints and light, who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us unto the kingdom of his dear Son, no, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is the head before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that all things might be, um, that, all, that in all things he might have free eminence. For it pleased the Father that in him shall all the fullness dwell. Amen. So we see that that power has given us power in verse 16, for by him were we create, uh, for, uh, were all things created 
that are in heaven, that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And if he is the head of the church and we are the church that is created for us and is also created by us. Amen. So the change that is needed is um, is, is actualized in us experiencing what we believe. So the, 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 what makes the difference from faith those who don't practice faith is that we experience what we believe. That's that's what I want to do. When I say embrace, and when you embrace them, you hug it. But you hug it understanding that this person is, or when you hug somebody and you embrace them, it's because you're saying we're connected at some level. And so you don't just hug everybody. You know, I know people are into the hugging revolution and all this this foolery, but you don't embrace everything. Embraces gives off a connotation that that um, that y'all are one. All right. So in in that in this lesson in in in, in equipment we gave you so far three principles and I have the last two that we're going to give today. And what we said was that we needed to amplify and expand um, the summarized uh, principles of warfare. And, of course, you know, there are five oppositions, and then there are eight um, um, armor dynamics, okay? So the oppositions are principalities, powers, rules of darkness, spiritual wickedness, and the evil day. The armor is truth, salvation, righteousness, gospel of peace, faith, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and prayer, supplication, okay? And we said that truth establishes God's motive. Salvation is eternal security, the force behind Deliver righteousness is God's means to reveal his motive, is God's results to exercising his action plan. Faith is God's involvement and through, uh, through and by his spirit. He said that the sword of the spirit is the word of God, God's communication mechanism. And then prayer and supplication are linked together, which is seven and eight, which are used as a as a means to exercise what we've been commanded to do. So, <coughs> so we have to see what what these what these oppositions try to do. They try to distort the truth. They try to distort salvation, the gospel of peace, faith, sword of the spirit, prayer, and supplication. How do they do that? Principalities. Right, it's a reality based on counterfeit authority, and in those things, in those things, what is it trying to rob you of? The truth, salvation, your righteousness, your peace, your faith, the Word of God, your prayer life. Do you get what I'm saying? And then you can go down and look through them. We're looking at powers. What are powers really trying to do? And then you can see which ones they try to emphasize. Of course, power needs an element of faith. But it also needs an element of truth, and then it also needs an element of, of the sword of the spirit. It needs something as a defense, right? So when it doesn't have those things, when it doesn't have the word of God, when it doesn't have truth, when it doesn't have righteousness, then you know that power is a counterfeit. See, what's happening is when we deal with the armor of God, and this is, this is, uh, this is point number four, which is to eradicate or to... Um, or to eliminate erroneous concepts 
uh, about um, our spirit. See, because let's go to uh, let's go to Ephesians six, okay? How these things are introduced to us in the scripture is key. Amen. All right. All right, Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, now, what I've done in the particular chapter, in, in this particular um, teaching, is take out the armor aspect as far as sword, helmet, breastplate, belt. I mean, it doesn't matter. That was used to illustrate to those um, those who were living in that day how God defends and protects us. Okay, so... Some people they get they get so caught up on whether the helmet of salvation is on their head uh, versus the feet with the teeth and the um, breastplate with righteousness. They get so caught up on that that they you know they will they will engage that. But really, what God is saying, whether it be on your feet, your head, these things are what is going to cause you to conquer these oppositions that um that I told you have come to 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 distort your reality. And ultimately these are really the environments of the world. Now we gotta go to um Hebrews, okay? This is this is overcoming the world of, of, of major a major division in there because of course if you don't esteem and empower the spirit of God on the inside of you then you're going to miss out on the quality of life that God has provided. Okay, now, in, as a result of us embarking upon our faith and overcoming the world through faith, one of the realities is defining what faith is all about. People will say that uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 defines faith. No, it, it really gives the process of when faith is engaged in the mind of people. Okay, so it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Is that a definition? Absolutely not, because that could be anything. Substance of things hoped for, could you hope for something that's not spiritual? Absolutely. Could you hope for things that, that are that are physical? Absolutely. So this is not what it means to have faith. Of course, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how it comes. That's that's our process, but also we understand that faith is also what is what manifests that which we hope from that that which is seen when we don't have it. But in the in the next few verses, it says through faith. Now here's the verse key, and I've done a whole teaching on this years ago called communicating faith, and it might have been when we first started the broadcast. So we're looking at about eight years ago. So you might not be able to find that teaching communicating faith, but it's a powerful revelation. Verse three says through faith we understand comprehension. Okay. Now of course verse two says by the elders obtain a good report by faith. The others obtain a good report is a result. As a result of them having faith, they obtain a good report. Right? Faith is the substance of things of, um, of the things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It doesn't say what faith is. Okay, so that's why it's not a definition. When you define something, you define what it is, and you can't define it with the word with the uses of the word. Now, faith indicates that um, that faith. Is that that faith is is being activated in the situation in which you talk about? So you got to go back to verse 
chapter 10 and read. Actually, I go back all the way to chapter 1 and read the chapter 10 to find out why he's saying, now faith is the subject of things hoped for and the evidence of things my seen by is the evidence of things going for. So it's not a definition, okay? And I'm not, I'm not bringing tricks in the sense for, and, and of course, you know, it's talking about co- the contrast of the law covenant versus the new covenant. So you're in the middle of a law case, and the resolve is, look, nobody, nobody is justified by the law or by their flesh because those things cause a reminder of sin. But by faith, we can get through it. And, and of faith is actualizing the power of God based on the word of God. What you know, you've got to have a relationship with God. God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So our faith actually is a manifestation of the spirit. We have in the same spirit of faith we believe and speak. So what happens is faith is acting on what we believe. Why? Because it's the spirit of God that actualizes what our faith is all about. Right? And through faith, we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. That's my point, verse 3 of chapter 11. Um, so that the things which are seen were not made by the things which do appear. And then it goes on to examples. So here we see that we understand it's a comprehension, but also we understand that the worlds were framed by the word. Okay, so if we're going to overcome the world that is contrary to the things of God, the resolve is to embrace the things that are causes God's word and God's God's power and God's presence to be actualized in our life. And that's where we get the clarion call of overcoming. Do you get what I'm saying? So you you can empower the warrior spirit without experiencing uh, the power of the spirit that that equips you with the evidence and the proof that you have uh, within your heart to know that God, if God before you, he can be against you. See, the elders had a good report because they've experienced the presence of God. And it is the presence of God that empowers us by the spirit of God to, to, to experience and exchange our authority from the world to Christ. See, it's when we encounter the supernatural. That's what I told you. Um, time and time again, that everyone needs to have an encounter with the supernatural to, to receive the evidence necessary to be confident in who they are and what they have, all right? So, so, so when you're studying, you need to go down this list. The opposition by principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness, and an evil day or dispensation that has been dedicated to produce evil over good, and we're seeing that. So we said we have to embark upon the discovery of the advantages of the arm of God. We have to to engage um, and exercise and expand our uh, our um, understanding on God's armor strategically, and then we also have to. Um, in, 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 um, I said. Embed thyself in Christ. So we have to embed ourselves in Christ. Now, in today's lesson, we added to that saying, eliminate erroneous concepts about warfare through empowering the spirit, which means you have to understand what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, 
in um in Proverbs the eighteenth chapter verses fourteen, the spirit of man will sustain his infirmity. Okay? In Psalms twenty twenty seven, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. First Corinthians two eleven says, For what a man knoweth knoweth the man, save the spirit within the man. So the spirit of so the spirit of man comes with knowledge. It is is connected to the Lord, and when Jesus is Lord, He is ruler, controller, and sustainer. And of course, now we can validate what Proverbs eighteen fourteen says that the spirit of man sustains. It sustains us. It seals us with the spirit of the Lord. Saves us through uh, through the knowledge that the spirit of God contains. Okay. So the manifestation of the spirit is given the prophet with all in First Corinthians chapter. 12 and 7, and then we spent most of the time in Ephesians chapter 3, last lesson, um, verses 16 through 19. Now let's go now over to Romans 8. Romans 8. Amen. We we have to uh, eliminate or eliminate erroneous concepts about our spirit. Because, see, if we're going to empower something, we have to know what's the spirit and what's not. Amen. And the spirit of God is going to empower what we know is written in the word of God first. And then all those other things that need to be revealed and enhanced and matured and culturalized, the spirit of truth, which is not of error, will then enlighten us on a personal level. Amen. Now, in Romans the 8th chapter, How's my time? Oh wow! Oh, we got. Oh, we got a road. <laughs> Amen. That time flew. Well, praise the Lord. Well, let me read this. Therefore, there is no condemnation of those that walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the what the law could not do, and um, what for what the law for. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from law, sin, and death. So remember I talked about sin the last week, right? For the law, what the law could not do, that it was weak in the flesh, God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and, in, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. So we have to, fifthly, we have to educate our spirit man. We have to educate our spirit man through righteousness. And we have to embrace this righteousness that's in Christ. Now, remember, this goes, that takes us back to this sin thing. Remember, sin separates us from God. But it is the righteousness that we have been made in Christ. Called the first level of obedience, according to Romans 6.16, which I don't have time to teach on, is, 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 uh, is this righteousness that, that we, we've been talking about. Now, we have to educate our spirit man by studying the word of God, submitting to the things of God, staying out of sin, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit instruction, and stepping up to the plate, ultimately. All right? And and I'm, I'm sorry I had to rush through it, but that's what these recordings are for, so that way you can always go back and revisit. Because, of course, I told you about experiencing the supernatural 
It is only when that happens, when we experience that God can enlighten us on what we've been experienced and exposed to. And that will encourage us and then give us evidence so that we can encounter even greater power than what, than what was originally presented to us. But this can only occur on the platform of righteousness because the ways of the Lord are perfect and they are right. And if you don't embrace the, right, the path of righteousness by avoiding corruption, conformity, and complacency through, through syncing with the Holy Spirit to give you competency scripturally, to, to give you a, a sincerity to cleaning your heart and securing uh, your giftings and sticking to the standards of God, to sanctifying God in your heart, then the, then the, then the, the platform of righteousness is challenged. But, it, but when, we, when we start educating our spirit, then we can, we can, we can then um, know what is acceptable to God. What is his, what is our a spiritual act of work um, of worship because we have transformed our mind we have we have um, we have realized that through through the transformation of our mind our spirit man is educated now not only is it educated it becomes adaptive to the things of the spirit and that's why of course the, the advantages of the spirit of found in the Romans but now let's go over to Galatians, and we'll close there. I did not know time flies when you're having fun in the Word of God. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to Galatians. Let's go to Galatians. Now, all this understanding about the Holy Spirit being within us, God is for us, God is with us, but God is also in us. And, and we know that he's in us when the righteousness of God becomes a part, it becomes the platform by which we can exercise uh, the power that God has given us in our life. All right, now, whoo, I tell you, closing up a series like this is never easy. But as we, as we look in, into Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13, it lets us know that that God has provided some great things for us. Now, when we allow the Spirit of God to have 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 preeminence in our life, right? It exposes what is of God and what is what is what is not of God. Verse five in chapter five says, "For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ is." Um, neither circumcision available to anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well, who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This is the persuasion that come down of him that calleth you. A little leaven, uh, um, a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. Confidence in you through the Lord, that ye, that ye will be none other wise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whoever he shall be. So it says, um, so, so, so what we need to know, verse 16 sums it up in chapter 5. Walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth, lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these things are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things which you would. 
But if ye are led by the Spirit, ye are not under law, not the works of the flesh, and, and they are manifest which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, indolations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envies, murdering, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. That which I tell you as before, I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. Why is he, he contrasting the law here? Because if we live in the Spirit, we have to walk in the Spirit. And let us be not desirous of vainglory, but provoking one another and, um, and not envying one another. So listen, all of this, when we are empowered in the Spirit, through true salvation, righteousness, the gospel of peace, faith, sword of the Spirit, prayer and supplication, when we are empowered is because we have embarked upon the advantages of God's armor. We have engaged and expanded our spirit man through the armor of God, examining how we empower it. And, of course, we gave the understanding of the scriptures. Then we, we, we embedded ourselves in Christ by feeding our spirit the word of God, feeding our spirit through worship, through the word of God, and through the witnesses that are sent to help us work out our faith. Now, how do we work out our salvation? Um, the scripture lets us know in Isaiah 61, 10 through 11, and Psalms 35, that our, that our hope is in ultimately, Psalms 119, says that our hope is in the word of God. So we have to habitually acknowledge God in all our ways, hear his voice first, and not follow any voices of others, and hope in the word of God and become um, scholars of God's word, and so much so that his word and our reality are one. We do that by eliminating the erroneous concepts about the Holy Spirit and educating our spirit about the power of faith. And faith translates, faith comes into life and action when we rid ourselves of all those things that are contrary to God's purposes and plans and pursue totally those things and those agendas which he has revealed through the word and by his spirit through a, through, through a personal experience and encounter with his power as a warrior. Now, a warrior is only a warrior because of the amount of victories that he has, that he has engaged in previous to the warfare that he is expected to fight next. So we walk by faith and not by sight. And if we walk in the spirit, let us also live in the spirit. And the way we're going to do that is by empowering the warrior spirit within. We got to get back to staying and sticking to staying spiritual. Because to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But to be carnally minded is death. The devil is doing everything to keep us out really experiencing God's best and God's nature. But we have power over the devil through and by the Holy Spirit to experience a quality of life that causes us to overcome. Amen. Amen. And amen again. I'm out of time. More on the next series. God bless you. We're going to have an interruption on a 
on our main series and teach a new concept, and then we'll come back to the series at the end of October. God bless you, and have a wonderful Lord's Day.